This week we continue our work through Advent. We're in the second week as we make our way around the Advent wreath. As those candles begin to light, we're in the second of four weeks in preparation for Jesus coming. Advent is a time of Jesus coming close, of God coming near to his people, coming close to his people. And so as we make our way through these Old Testament prophecies, we're hearing from the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, one of the uh, final prophets to to speak God's word to his people, giving them a word of warning and and, uh, a promise that there was going to be someone coming along to prepare the way for the Messiah. So we'll be hearing those words, and I'll be honest with you, these are harsh words that we hear from the prophet today. And we'll also be looking at some New Testament passages that show us that John the Baptist was the messenger, the preparer of the way for Jesus that Malachi was talking about. So as we think about what it means to prepare, I want you to maybe think of a time in your childhood when your parents told you you needed to get the house ready for somebody. For me, it was my grandparents. When my grandparents were coming to town, my mom said, it better look like the queen's coming to the house. And I didn't really understand what that meant because uh, we don't live in a monarchy. Um, But uh, at the time, she was trying to emphasize that the house needed to be made ready for these important people coming to spend some time with us. It needed to look nice. It needed to show them that we valued their presence, that they were important to us. And it was going to be communicated through how clean the house was. I don't know if you ever had an experience like that in your childhood, but it's something that is true of all human life. We have to prepare for important things coming ahead, whether that's important visits, whether that's important conversations like job interviews or uh, scholarship applications. Uh, When something important is coming, maybe even like a Christmas performance, uh, it takes preparation. Last night before recording, uh, we had our preschool kids Christmas program take place. And those kids have been practicing those songs for weeks and weeks, and they've been rehearsing, and they finally got to see the fruits of their labor, their preparation uh, that they were able to be proud of when they presented these things to their parents. So that's sort of the theme of today's message. What does it mean to prepare, to get ready? And how do we get ready when we don't feel like we need that kind of preparation? Sometimes it's an, sometimes these messages of preparation are harsh truths. They're difficult truths. It's hard for us to hear that we need to change our ways to get ready for something that's been promised to us. But that was what Malachi was telling the people. So hear these words from Malachi chapter 3. Look, I am sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem as he did in the past. At that time, I will put you on trial. I'm eager to witness against all sorcerers and adulterers and liars. I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages, who oppress widows and orphans, or who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. For these people do not fear me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. 
Wow, uh, maybe we just need to take a second and breathe because that is a heavy passage of Scripture. Malachi is warning God's people that Jesus is coming, that the Messiah is coming, and prior to his coming is someone who's going to prepare the way for him. A helpful picture of this might be uh, in the past when kings would go to remote parts of the kingdom. They would send uh, messengers before them to announce to the people that lived there that this monarch was arriving, but also to prepare the ground before this uh, this entourage so that they could pass through uh, quickly. They could pass through peacefully. So they would rid the area of enemies. They would also straighten the paths or uh, make a new highway, a pathway, if there didn't exist one before the, the royal was coming through. There was this preparation that needed to take place. And if you think about digging out uh, ravines or, or uh, getting rid of hills in the way, it's kind of a destructive process, this work of preparation. It takes a lot of effort to get things ready for someone to come through in a quick and peaceful way. Peace is coming, but sometimes that peace takes difficult and, and, and hard preparation. That's the message that Malachi is telling God's people. He's saying, look, you've turned away from God's promises. You've turned away from God's commands. You're doing things your own way. And in fact, the way that you're doing them is, is evil. It's, 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 uh, it's trusting in magic and sorcery over and above God's miraculous power. It's uh, going your own way in your commitments to each other in immoral living. It's uh, turning your back on people that need the most help, like widows or the poor or foreigners among you. He is highlighting and pinpointing these specific examples of disobedience in the lives of God's people and saying these are the kinds of things that you'll need to address in order to be ready when the Messiah comes so that you'll be able to recognize God's fulfillment of his promises. But there's one other detail I want to mention in here. He says uh, the one coming, the one that's going to prepare the way will purify the Levites. The Levites were God's priests. It was the clan of Judah that provided the priests for the temple who interceded between the people and God at that time. So he's saying that even at this time of the prophet of Malachi, there was some issues, some problems arising within the religious system that existed between uh, God and his people, that these priests were beginning to be corrupt. And that's important because as we turn just literally just three pages forward, uh, historically, it's actually about 450 years that takes place uh, between these four pages in the Bible. We turn to Matthew 3, and we hear about John the Baptist. And listen to who he's addressing, and listen to what he is saying that they need to do. And this should confirm the promise that Malachi makes about who this preparer of the way is. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turn to God. John the Baptist had some difficult and heavy words to say, just like Malachi did. Malachi warned the people that there was someone coming who was going to reform their ways, who was going to drive them to repentance. So it's important for us to understand what repentance really is. Repentance is a turning away. The word actually in its original meaning, when you go back to the ancient language, means turning around. Repentance is recognizing you're in the wrong and turning back to amend those actions. 
God calls his people to repentance when they have wandered their own way. And we need to understand that we only, we only comprehend this repentance that we're called to by God and by his prophets and by his messengers when we recognize we've been walking in the wrong way. And hearing that you're walking in the wrong way is never an easy thing to hear. It's never a light message when someone comes to you and says, hey, uh, you've been living in the wrong. You've been, you've been doing the wrong thing. The way you've been treating the other person in that relationship, that has not been right. Or the way that you handled that conflict at work the other day, that wasn't good. Those are moments where we, we are called to repentance. And yet in our human nature, in our fallen, broken state, we don't want to hear that we've messed up. We don't want to hear that we need to make right something that we've done wrong. And so it takes heavy words of judgment and of warning like these that we hear from Malachi and from John the Baptist to wake us up and help us realize uh, there is an issue in our lives and we need to turn back uh, toward the way things are supposed to be. We need to turn back toward God's plan and God's will for us. Now, I don't want to gloss over the fact that Malachi was talking to the Jewish people and John the Baptist was delivered to the Jews in that area, in Judea, in Jerusalem. To, to, to amend the ways the Sadducees and Pharisees, remember the word Levites and Malachi, Pharisees and Sadducees, that's those in that religious order in John the Baptist's day. There was issues, there was corruption. He was addressing those specific problems. But as you and I hear these words, we know that God's truth is true even for you and me. And though we are adopted into this covenant, we're adopted into this relationship that God has with his people only by his grace, it's important for us to hear these words too. This second week of Advent, we're focusing on preparation in the sense of what do we need to make right in our own lives to prepare for receiving this gift that God gives us through His Son, Jesus. Uh, the phrase I want to focus on uh, to, to kind of close out this message to remind us is that sometimes grace needs a gap. We're familiar with hearing that we are saved by God's grace. We've all heard that encouragement before. We know that we don't deserve to be saved by Jesus. We know that there's nothing we can do to earn our way towards God. But sometimes that familiarity, the repetition with which we remind and encourage each other with those words, it gets to be so familiar that it loses its significance for us. And we start to think, you know what, I'm, I'm just a recipient of grace. That's just a part of who I am. Of course I'm a recipient of grace. I'm a pretty good guy. I treat my family well. I'm good to my friends. I, I try my best at work to accomplish the tasks that are put in front of me. I'm a good person. I deserve this grace. That's when those difficult words from Malachi or from John the Baptist or from a trusted person in your life uh, come to bear on us. They help us realize that no matter how good we might feel, there is a gap between us and the way things are supposed to be. There's a gap between the way we are and the way that we should be living, the way that we prefer to go and the way that God wants us to be living. There's a gap there. And repentance is that turning towards the way things are meant to be. It's the changing of our course. And in that change, we are inevitably going to fall again. Our sinful, broken state means that we will never be able to close the gap on our own. And that's why I say grace needs a gap. For it to mean something to us, for us to really grasp what it means that God has given us this gift through Jesus, we need to recognize the gap that exists between us and God. And that's what Malachi was pointing out to the people of God 450 years before Jesus. That's what John the Baptist was trying to point out so that the people in Jesus' day realize the significance of his message of grace. 
Grace needs a gap, and you and I exist in that place away from God, but because of Jesus, who is coming near to his people, Advent is all about God coming near to his people. We can recognize and give thanks for this gift in Jesus in this time of Advent. We can hear these difficult words from Malachi, this prophecy that someone is coming to prepare the way. And we know that we can prepare the way in our own lives by repenting, by by confessing, by sharing, and and being honest with God about the ways that we fail, our, our plans and our efforts in getting better, and also just receiving that grace from Him that no matter how many times we fail, no matter how persistent our sin might be, He is reaching across the gap in grace to connect us back to Him. How are you going to prepare this week in your own life? What are you maybe needing to be repentant of? What's that hard message that you're resisting to hear so that you're ready to celebrate with us at Christmas when we recognize how important and great this gift of Jesus as a baby is? What's that thing in your life that is persistent, that this difficult message from Malachi or this difficult message from John the Baptist hits home for you on? How can you lay that before God and say, God, I need your grace to fill the gap so my repentance will be made complete in you. That's what it's all about this Advent season as we continue to prepare the way for Jesus' arrival.